keeping it real and raw with Patrick Tremont. It's Gay Pride Month. Yep. Yeah. And I'm a gay man. And I have a coming out story. Well, I tell you what. With me being a gay man from the South in Mississippi in the 80s, it's scary. You're, you're afraid. You would live in fear. You might get your ass kicked. You could sit there and look at a guy's junk or his ass, but you're not going to act on it. You're not going to sit there and say, I want to hold his dick. You're just not going to do that. It's not going to happen. And even if you're a lesbian girl, you're not going to sit there and say, hey, sit on this, you know, two fingers. It's just not going to happen. And it's scary because you can't be your authentic self. You cannot. You have to sit there and basically live in fear because back then you did not have any rights. You did not have any anything at all. And it was very hard to be yourself. And I know because I lived it. I just kind of, uh, you know, just had those feelings in the back of my in the back of my mind and my heart. I couldn't be me authentically. And even though I dated girls and you know, had sex with girls or whatever. It's not that I didn't care about them because I did. It's like having your best friend and yet there's like, you know, a little action. I mean, in my head, that's what it was like. And I think I did love them or I know I did love them in their own way, but it wasn't there. The feeling wasn't there. And action is an action of something that's going on. You know, you can do the sex act, but if there's no feeling behind it, you know, the way that it should be, uh, that's how it, it is. So, and that's how it was for me. I just knew that I was different, but didn't understand because my parents didn't sit here and say the birds and the bees and all this. And so I didn't have that kind of uh, knowledge about sex. So I just knew that I loved and wanted to be loved. And so, but then again, I knew I was different. So if you're in the, the, you know, if you're at PE and you're in the locker room and you see the tidy whities and you're like, okay, nice. Oh, chiseled chest, you know, blah, blah, blah. But you didn't act on it. You didn't say it. You didn't do anything. You didn't wink. You didn't nod. You didn't do shit. You just couldn't. And and not that I would do that anyway, you know, so, but I didn't. So it was very, um, you know, kind of scary to be yourself. And it was hard because I knew I was different, but I didn't know who I could trust. And my friends were around and they were great and they're very supportive, but they didn't even actually know. It wasn't until recently that I actually opened up to a couple of, you know, friends from back then and told them, you know, like we laughed about it because now you sort of can. And I said, did y'all know anything? And they said, oh, we knew, but we knew that we wouldn't, you know, put you on the spot or ask or, or whatever. We just let you be yourself. And we just thought of you as that's Patrick. So I think a lot of people actually knew, but nobody said anything. And I maybe it's because, you know, I was in school and I was liked and I had a lot of friends and stuff, whatever. Maybe I was one of the lucky ones that wasn't alienated from everyone else. They just kind of took me in and accepted me for who I am, but it was never discussed. That's what I've been told. So, but, you know, I mean, I looked okay. I had a mullet. 
I mean, no, for real. I really fucking did. I had a mullet and I looked very 80s. I mean, I dressed cute and I had the girls, but um, yeah, a mullet. Mm-hmm. So I, I guess I kind of looked the part, but I had great skin. I miss those days of great facial. You know, my, my skin was really good, but I did look, you know, I guess, quote, end quote, straight. But I knew I was different, and I knew that my life was different, and I didn't know how to act on those feelings, and I wasn't sure who I could trust. And even though I had a circle of friends around me that would have had my back completely, I still lived in fear that just by chance, how teenagers do, that you kind of just talk or gossip or let it slip, and then I would be out. And I just did not have the guts to do that. I didn't. So I lived in fear and and always felt like I was looking over my shoulder to make sure that I wasn't hurt or or anything whatsoever. It was very difficult and it was very challenging. And I'm sure I might have had it easier than maybe other people out there. But if that was, you know, how I felt then I can just imagine how other people who were closeted might have felt even worse because they didn't really have that kind of support. So it's, it is hard. And it's really hard when people judge you and they want to point fingers and they think they know your journey, but they don't know shit. They really don't, especially back then. And I feel like men and women that you know are my age – who have sort of, and I don't want to use the term pave the way, because, you know, that's just very generic and overused. But we did face a lot of obstacles. We did fight the fight through the 70s, 80s, 90s, and even in the new millennium to sit there and to give the rights that we have today. We were the ones that, you know, fight and stood up. And did something about it and raised our voice and stood tall and said, we're going to be accepted and we're going to be respected. So, you know, my story was just as such. And eventually, when I met my first partner in 1990, that's when I knew that my life would be different forever. And so through the 80s, it was such a challenge to live my authentic self and to be me. I just know I like to dance to Madonna and Janet Jackson and watch the videos and do the choreography. And I would definitely think that the girlfriends I've had at the time when they would come over to visit and I'm in the living room rehearsing this (laughs) You know, these dance sequences, trying to learn them, they're probably thinking, what the fuck am I sucking his dick for? This guy is a homo. I can just imagine what they were thinking. Yeah. Um, So that's what I'm that that's what I'm coming from. Yeah, it was different. And it was really hard because I also like to cook, which a lot of men like to cook. And that's not a gay thing. But, you know, when you're sitting there going, I bought a new whisk 
and your girlfriend's looking at you and she's like, great. Yeah, my mom uses a whisk too. And I'm like, yes, but this is like a special whisk. It has a, a wooden handle and it can be in the dishwasher. So I knew that when I'm making breakfast and I'm using this whisk and I'm so happy about it. And, um, you know, and then, of course, I'm dancing to Madonna trying to learn the choreography to express yourself. Um, I'm thinking that she's probably thinking, yeah, I just laid in bed with this dude and now he's acting like he's Madonna. Now, fast forward a few years later, I am because I did, you know, drag for a few years and became, uh, you know, my local Miss tight, you know, city title. So I thought this is interesting. How fast, how things can change when you live your authentic self and you know who you are. And not everybody has that privilege. Some people sit there and they live in fear their entire life. They start making babies. They get with a girl and they love her, but they start making babies. And then they think in their head that they're normal. But then they look in the mirror as they're brushing their teeth, thinking that really they wish they had a dick in their mouth. And so they're going, I do love her, but I've got these kids and I love my children. But sexually, there's no chemistry there. There's something missing and I can't put a pin on it. And I just can't pinpoint it and be me. So either by religious values or by social values or whatever they feel pressured to live by, they live this lie, which causes more damage. And so they sit there and sometimes they cheat on their husbands or wives and, uh, and still play the great, you know, game and the charade of pretending to be something that they're not. And that's where the pain comes from. That's where a lot of the resentment comes from. That's where the anger comes from. That's when the hostility and even suicidal thoughts come from because they their fear of hurting someone and making those changes. And so it's really hard to live a life when you can't be yourself. And I tell you what, think about it for out there for, you know, Let's just say this. If you're straight, think about this. You have no rights. You can't be yourself to love on a girl or a guy. But I'm use, you know, terms of me with a woman, you know, a man. So I'm saying if you're a man and just think about this, you're straight. You can't live this life. You can't hold her hand in a public place. You can't kiss them like you can at a restaurant where a lot of straight people back then especially, could sit there and act on affection and love and do whatever they want to do, we couldn't because we would have our ass kicked or be threatened or chased or beat up or gay bashed or even murdered. So it just comes a time where you really have to be your authentic self. And I tell you what, you have to understand that unless you are a gay man or woman and you live this life it's it's really hard to be in our heads and how our hearts feel the same way you think about your husband or you think about your wife that's how we feel about our partners our hearts and our minds know who we are 
and who we've always been. But we had to play the game in society or for religion or for whatever to not be hurt. And then when we finally have the guts to come out, then we're like persecuted. But you have to stand tall. You have to move forward and you have to be you. That's all you can be. And you have to be happy, you know, and you have to sit there and to be, like I said, your authentic self. Now, I always believe in safe sex, and I always believe in doing the things right. I don't think that any marriage, gay or straight, is perfect. So you have to sit there and you have to really work on all relationships, no matter what they are. And the stigma that only gay men, you know, get disease or or gay women only get that or, you know, whatever is not true and never has been true. Or gay marriage will never last because they can't be monogamous and loyal and faithful and wonderful and and they can't raise children. That's not true either. And we have proven that you can be married to, uh, you know, same sex couple. You know, you can you can be married to the same sex, but you're not doesn't necessarily that you're doesn't mean that you're not going to last. And it doesn't mean that, you know, oh, they're going to be condemned to hell. You know, let them take that up with Jesus. Let them let them, you know, take that up with God. It's not for you to point fingers. And if you're a true Christian, I always felt like no matter what you think that is being said or how you believe, that's between the person and their maker. You need to keep all that out of there because judging me is a sin itself. So it's really hard to make people understand. And I'm very fortunate that I do have people around me that do love me and do love my life and love my partner and my husband and my everything. And I'm very fortunate about that. And so is he. We do have a supportive friendship group and family. But I do want to say that not everybody has that. And so we have to sit there and to be actually supportive of those who are living their non-authentic self. And that can be scary because you don't want them to hurt themselves or hurt other people. You want them to be free to be who they are. And everybody should have the right to choose who they love. It's just never easy, and it never will be, because I think that no matter how far we've come, we still have a long way to go. So if you have a gay person in your life, gay, lesbian, whatever, support them. Give them love. Give them support. Let them know that everything is going to be okay. And you don't have to agree with everything that they do in their life, just like They don't have to agree with everything that you do. So it's very important to lift people up, to give them love and support, and to let them know that you're there. And they're not asking for you to accept everything and understand everything 100%, but they just want to know that they are loved. And if you are, you know, in a religious, you know, 
place in your life and you feel that you need to give them some kind of support or you want to change them or whatever, that's not helpful. It's helpful to support, but it's not helpful to try to change. It's only helpful when you try to lift them up and let them know that God still loves them, that Jesus will still be there and still be in their heart and their mind and their spirit. That's what's really important if you're a Christian and you're trying to, you know, give them uh, counsel or love or support or be their friend or be their family or whatever. They don't need to be exiled away from your life. They need to be told that they're loved. And even though you may not understand it and it may be against what you believe, it you will be showing more of who you really are as a Christian by giving them support. Nobody wants to be alone and they can't change who they are. Now, they're, now honestly, if I'm going to be fair, there are people who do make decisions to do, you know, the gay lifestyle or whatever, because maybe they're curious or maybe they're trying it out and then they go right back to, you know, the straight life. I don't know. And I don't know why they would do that or what's going on, but there's no judgment there. Everybody should be free to do what they want to do and figure out what's best for them. But I know personally speaking from my experience and everyone that I really do know is that they were born this way and that they have always had these feelings, but never understood it because we didn't have the education back then and the guts to sit there and to act on it and to be knowledgeable and to teach, to teach other people who we really are and where we're coming from. But I'm hoping that this new generation who has more opportunities now, who doesn't have to be so closeted and doesn't have to live in so much fear, can actually now teach their young parents. So when the generations happen, you know, coming forthcoming, then everything will be fine. Then everything will be understood. And maybe there'll be a little bit more of understanding and compassion. So I think it's very, very important to just love people. It can be just that simple. If it's not your business, don't worry about it. If you ain't got that, if you ain't, if you ain't touching that pee pee or that poo poo, you don't need to be worrying about it. You don't need to, you don't need to, it's not your business. Just let life happen. All you can do is love and support them. And if you don't want them in some kind of way and you don't understand it and you just, you know, and you kind of like back off a little bit and you don't understand and you're trying to understand, at least offer some compassion and some love. But it doesn't mean you have to back out of their life completely because that's what people don't want to feel. And it's not helpful and it's harmful. And so I just want to say that. You know, you can love people and love them unconditionally in your best way. And you don't have to understand everything. They may, they may, may not even understand why you even chose that hair color. They may not, may not even like the way that you do this or that or whatever. Or why'd you name your kid this or what's going on or all the crazy shitty choices you might make. 
But let me tell you what, the matters of the heart and the head can never be changed when you know it in your life, in your gut. It's who you are. And those who know who they are know exactly what I'm talking about. It's a feeling that you cannot explain and let go of. It's just, it's there. It's who you authentically are. And it's not for everybody to understand, but it is for everyone to try to love. So, um, I think I might have said, I got a little bit on the soapbox, didn't I? But that's okay because it needs to be said and people need to hear it. But how I actually came out, I guess I need to go ahead and I should have started off with that. But how I actually came out was, I told my dad, hi, This is my friend. And he was like, hi, nice to meet you. And he was like, so, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I said, "Uh, no, he's my friend. My dad's like, okay, so he's your best friend. I said, yeah, but right in front of him, he was like, oh, my God, I can't believe you're doing this. Because my family was never told before I actually, you know, introduced him to them. And so my dad goes, oh, friend. Oh, okay. And then like quick on a dime, he said, don't hurt my son. If you're going to be his friend or, you know, special friend, then never hurt him because then you'll have to answer to me. And of course he said, oh yes, sir. You know, that was how I came out to my dad. And it was really nice that my dad said that because he didn't really freak out. He didn't have, you know, he wasn't you know, tripping. He wasn't mad. He wasn't whatever. I think it threw him back, but that was okay. And then at my mom's, when I brought him to my mother, they were divorced. So when I brought him to my mom, my mother was like, Hey, you know, uh, you know, hi, nice to meet you to him. And I said, we're going to go ahead and, um, you know, go take a shower, blah, blah, blah. We've been traveling. So, you know, we're going to take a shower and get cleaned up while you're cooking. And she was like, oh, okay. And she was like, I think I only have like one, you know, clean towel or whatever. So, um, I'll go get another one, you know, out of the laundry. And I said, that's okay. We'll share a towel because we're going to take a shower together. And she paused and was like, um, okay. And then we, we did that. And then, and then when we came back, nothing happened in the shower, by the way, just saying we, she had one towel and she was doing laundry. So that was okay. And, but anyway, so we, um, we get out and then she said, so it's, you know, so nice to meet you and your boys traveling down here. And so one towel. And I said, I know. And she was like, okay. And I said, yep. I said, this is, this is my man. And she was like, okay, all right. And then no questions asked. She immediately even asked him to go uh, finish stirring the gumbo. That was it. There was no questions asked. There was no hostility. There was no anger, no craziness. I lucked up. I had two groovy, cool parents that were like, hey, man, you know, live, love, laugh, breathe, and be. And so I I was very fortunate with my coming out story, but not everybody has that. So if someone ever is challenged to sit there and to tell you something, let them know it's okay. 
take a moment, breathe, listen to what they're telling you, and be supportive. And it may not be everything that you agree with or understand, just like everything that you do may not be something they agree with or understand, but this is very important because it's life-changing, and if they know that they have love and support, then that's all that matters. So enjoy Pride Month. Give support out there. Let people love and you show some love as well. Thank you for listening and happy Pride. It's been Real and Raw with Patrick Tremont.